Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online. I can't make this work, then I'm going to have to get a real job. Right now, I am out. Hey, listen to me. This is a real job. I'm the one with the job. You're the one who lies around the house all day in a pool of your own slobber. Gary Hoffman. He drug a stink in here so bad the livestock wouldn't stay. Shannon Farron. She is washed up. You understand me? She's finished. She's a troublemaker. She's on my list. Gary and Shannon. You can Google it. It's worth a Google. Now for the coup de grace. The first rules of being a, a news anchor, you know, you print, leave, leave print out a, a news minute or something in case the computer crashes. Haven't we all had the nightmare of the computer crashing in the news booth and then they go to the news and uh, and you can't do it. And so what you do to alleviate that nightmare that you continually face is hard copy, hard copies, hard copies. Well, I mean, it's not like today is important or historic (laughs) or uh, I don't know. President Trump's impeachment trial quickly has turned into a partisan fight on Capitol Hill today. Proceedings have begun unfolding at the Capitol. They're fighting over all the rules. Uh, Mitch McConnell has come forth and said, here are the rules. This is going to be quick and dirty. We're going to be done in 48 hours, basically. You'll have a day. We'll have a day. We'll work late into the night. Like What you saw with the Clinton trial is that they had like six hours a day, I believe, to state their case over a course of a number of days. Mitch McConnell turns up to work today and is like, well, we're not going to do that. Well, we're going to do this under the cover of darkness. He has said that they'll do 24 hours of argument for both sides, which is what was the same number in terms of the same quantity of argument time wise for the Clinton impeachment. But what he said is it's going to be done over two days. So the math on that and, and Chuck Schumer, I'll play both sound bites for you. One from Mitch McConnell, one from Chuck Schumer. This, the math on that is, okay, if you start at 1 o'clock in the afternoon D.C. time and you've only got two days to do 24 hours of arguments, yeah, you're going to be in the middle. It's going to be in the middle of the night before you're done. That's not counting breaks. That's if the lawyers get up there 12 hours each day without stopping and give their arguments in there. Jerry Nadler hates this. Adam Schiff, of course, hates this. They think it's all about covering up the evidence. What I'm also interested in is those four, and again, apologies to Michael Bennett, because I would have thought that there were only three, those four senators who are going to have to be sitting through this trial while they embark on the most important first state votes for caucuses and primaries in the presidential election. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, they're up against the clock when you look at when the caucuses begin and then the State of the Union and the whole bit. And whose fault is that? Nancy Pelosi's. So how do they I mean, I I agree. Everyone's got a political bend on this thing. Right. Everyone looks at it through their own lens. But that's one of those that I go, well, hey, 
you can't you can't be mad at Republicans for that. They're trying to speed this thing up. Nancy Pelosi's the one who sat on this thing for a month. Yeah, it was a gamble on her part right. to sit on it for a month and then just hope that the Democrats would find some way to stall until you get up to the caucuses, until you get up to the State of the Union address because of the optics of that and how it would look badly for the president in their eyes. Um, but that's assuming that the Republicans and Mitch McConnell weren't going to be able to force the, this thing through rather quickly a month ago. You know, so she's gambling on the fact that she thinks that the Democrats can slow this thing down and that Jerry Nadler's arguments this morning are going to work to do so. They would need the Democrats would need four Republican senators to reach that 51 vote threshold to change the rules, because right now the breakdown is 53, 47. Republicans have the edge. So they need four people. Now, you might get a Mitt Romney, but I don't know who else you'd get. That's it. Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski are the other two that they're looking at. But then they have to pick up a fourth. And that's that seems very unlikely, especially for the rules themselves. It seems very unlikely as we get deeper into this thing and they start asking about whether or not we should have witnesses. That might be the time that they can get a Republican or two to sort of break from their ranks and come in and vote in favor of calling witnesses. But I want to play for you uh, at 9.30 this morning, our time, they started sort of setting the table for all of this. Mitch McConnell yesterday announced what would be the rules, the way he would set it up, his proposal for them, and then this morning came out and laid them out for everybody. First, the Senate will hear an opening presentation from the House managers. Second, we will hear from the President's counsel. Third, senators will be able to seek further information by posing written questions to either side through the Chief Justice. And fourth, with all that information in hand, the Senate will consider whether we feel any additional evidence or witness witnesses are necessary to evaluate whether the House case has cleared or failed to clear the high bar of overcoming the presumption of innocence and undoing a democratic election. Okay. So they may be voting on whether to hear from witnesses now, right away, or later in the trial. That vote may come today. McConnell does not want to have to call witnesses for various reasons. All include protecting the president. Yeah, so the the layout of that, if Chuck Schumer is able to force a vote now on whether or not senators hear from witnesses, then that puts potentially some of the Republican senators who are up for election later this year, puts them in the hot seat to determine whether – and what, like you said – McConnell would rather do that later. He wants to do that after all of this is done. Another point of contention between Democrats and Republicans, they are going to vote on whether to allow the House Democrats evidence that they uncovered in their impeachment investigation to be introduced to senators. Because remember, there was a fight whether or not this evidence would be allowed to move over to the Senate because the Senate wants to do its own investigation. They don't want any of the House's stuff. They don't want any of the, their their uh, their evidence or whatever. They want to do their own thing. Because, well, it benefits the president during the Clinton trial, each side had already printed out all its evidence and it was on the senator's desks when they got there before there was ever any possibility of a vote. And remember, the rules are that they can't have anything there that's not they can't have magazines, no tablets, no phones, nothing. The only thing they're allowed to look at and read while they're in the Senate in this trial is stuff that is connected to the trial, which would be evidence. I want to play for you Chuck Schumer as well, the minority leader in the Senate. 
and his response to Mitch McConnell's rules in terms of how this proposed the proposed rules about how this will go. The Republican leader will offer an organizing resolution that outlines his plan, his plan for the rules of the trial. It is completely partisan. It was kept secret until the very eve of the trial. And now that it's public, it's very easy to see why. The McConnell rules seem to be designed by President Trump for President Trump. It asks the Senate to rush through as fast as possible and makes getting evidence as hard as possible. It could force presentations to take place at 2 or 3 in the morning so the American people won't see them. In short, the the McConnell resolution will result in a rush trial with little evidence in the dark of night, literally the dark of night. If the president is so confident in his case, if Leader McConnell is so confident the president did nothing wrong, why don't they want the case to be presented in broad daylight? Now, Mitch McConnell argued against that when he spoke first and said, if you want to continue to do this, you want to push this issue of bringing in witnesses, adding new evidence, you're talking weeks and weeks and weeks of testimony. Now, again, just the the way the rules lay out right now, the way Mitch McConnell has proposed them, you have opening arguments that start tomorrow and each side has 24 hours to do it, split over two days apiece. That's an as ton of butt time for those 100 senators and no phones no, no candy phones, crush nothing to keep you busy you wait until you know 9 10 11 o'clock at night they've been sitting there listening to uh you know to legal arguments for 12 hours they're going to be asleep now the president's defense team at any point can propose dismissing the trial entirely without a vote on whether to acquit or convict him. And in the lead up to this trial, it was something that Trump was urging senators to do. Just get rid of it. But Republicans have pushed back on that. They say a trial with a vote to acquit him after hearing evidence is going to be most palatable to voters and to clearing his name. Yeah, you it would be a huge mistake for Republicans to just dismiss this thing outright. They have talked about... This being a solemn duty that's extended to the Senate by the Constitution to make sure that they go through and don't just pay this thing lip service. All right. We will keep an eye on Capitol Hill. We'll bring you all the pertinent information. Weird twist to this that I I didn't know before. So they they will take at the end of all of this, uh, assuming they don't dismiss, they would take two votes on each of the articles of impeachment. They'll be voting whether to convict the president in each article. If he's convicted of just of one of them, it doesn't have to be both of them, just one of them, he's kicked out of office. But they also vote to determine whether or not he would be able to run again. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Huh. I didn't read that deep in the Constitution, apparently. All right. Coming yeah. up next, your chance at $1,000 and Hillary Clinton hates Bernie Sanders. Mm. Also, do you smell that? What's going on in here? I don't know. It just smells like Lysol a lot, oh, like level. Went, t- oh, that smelled so good. They went through and because Handel was here this morning. Yeah. Does he have that China illness? Yes. He okay. has coronavirus. All right. At least. Okay. Uh, Gary and Shannon will continue. Friends from the fields of Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Update on what's going on in the Senate. 
the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court has just gaveled everything back in. Um, I guess one of the senators was not there last week for the swearing-in. Senator James Inhofe had to miss it because of a family medical emergency. So he administered the oath there. Let's uh, dip into this, Blake. I've got it here on my computer. We'll listen to the proclamation. The sergeant-in-arms will make the proclamation. Mm-hmm. Very quiet proclamation. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. All persons are commanded to keep silent on pain of imprisonment. While the Senate of the United States is Sounds sitting for dire. the trial of the articles of impeachment exhibited by the House of Representatives against Donald John Trump, President of the United States. The majority leader is recognized. I'd like to state that for the information of all senators, the trial briefs filed yesterday by the parties have been printed and are now at each senator's desk. The following documents will be submitted to the Senate for printing in the Senate Journal. The precept issued January 16, 2020, the writ of summons issued on January 16, 2020, and the receipt of summons dated January 16, 2020. The following documents, which were received by the Secretary of the Senate, will be submitted to the Senate for printing in the Senate Journal pursuant to the order of January 16, 2020. Speaking of laws, I legally have to let you know that this is your chance at $1,000. For your chance at $1,000, text the nationwide keyword CHANGE, C-H-A-N-G-E, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's CHANGE to 200-200. And remember, you got to answer the phone. If you don't, they will move on, and so will your money, your next chance to win. $1,000 here coming up after 20 after the hour next hour, every day, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 620. Uh, the Senate is going to begin their debate over the rules for how things are going to go in the impeachment trial. Chief Justice John Roberts is uh, sitting in the uh, president of the Senate's chair right now, presiding over the uh, proceedings early on. In the congressional record. I note the presence in the House of the Senate, in the, cha- in the Senate chamber, of the managers on the part of the House of Representatives and counsel for the President of the United States. Mr. Chief Justice. The Majority Leader is recognized. I send to the desk a list of floor privileges for closed sessions. It's been agreed to by both sides. I ask that it be inserted in the record and agreed to by unanimous consent. Without objection. <clears throat> For the further information of all senators, I'm about to send a resolution to the desk providing for an outline of the next steps in these proceedings. It will be debatable by parties for two hours, equally divided. Senator Schumer will then send an amendment to the resolution to the desk. Once that amendment has been offered and reported, we'll have a brief recess. When we reconvene, Senator Schumer's amendment will be debatable by the parties for two hours, Upon the use or yielding back of time, I intend to move to table Senator Schumer's amendment. And so, Mr. Chief Justice, I send a resolution to the desk and ask that it be read. The clerk will read the resolution. Senate Resolution 483, 
to provide for related procedures. All right, let's pull away here because this is all pretty weedy, dry procedural stuff. But what we just learned from Mitch McConnell is he has gone ahead and said how he wants the rules of this thing to play out. And he wants it quick and he wants it over quickly. He wants two days of like 12 hours of uh, of each side to be able to lay out its case. And the Democrats are pushing back. They don't want this thing rushed. They want the ability to call witnesses. They want to drag it on so that it nears it heads up against the caucuses and the state of the union address so what's going to happen today what i gathered from mitch mcconnell's statement is that he has put forth his idea on how it should go down chuck schumer is going to amend those rules with his idea of how it should go down and then for two hours they're going to fight over it Yes, and then the vote. And it, like we've said before, Republicans have the clear majority and they have the ability to vote down all of Chuck Schumer's ideas when it comes to this thing. One of the things that he would do is try to ask for a vote on witnesses now. According to Mitch McConnell's proposal, the Republican majority, they don't want to do that until after the statements, after both sides have presented their cases, and after all of the senators have had a chance to write down questions that the chief justice then reads to the lawyers for both sides. Here's the thing. The Democrats don't have the 51 votes to overturn the rules that Mitch McConnell wants. Nope. Will the Republicans budge? That is the only question on the table. All right. So this is going to this is kind of the way it's going to go. There's a lot today at least. There's going to be a lot of this very procedural dry wonky legalese that they're going to go back and forth on. When they get into the actual debate over the rules, what it's going to mean, we'll be able to dip back in. So we'll keep an eye on all of this. Hillary Clinton sat down for 35 hours of interviews for this Hulu special that's coming out. It's a documentary that is largely considered to be flattering, uh, but she agreed to it because she had all of this footage, 2,000 hours of campaign footage, and they brought in a female filmmaker who said, I want to make this something uh, about something bigger than the election. And so Hillary sat down and got to talk about herself for 35 hours. Why would you then drop this? By the way, it's going to be a debut at Sundance. It's going to be dropped on Hulu starting on March 6th, I believe. Yes. What's going on in the spring of 2020? Uh, Oh, I don't know. Democrats trying to figure out who's going to be the nominee to take on Donald Trump. This is such a this this is a such a clear sign to me that she is not done, that she wants blood. Do you think she had control over the release date? Absolutely. I don't think she does anything without having control over it. Listen, listen, this is from the trailer. This is not the Bernie Sanders says you want to. But to your point really quick, the filmmaker did say the Clintons have a reputation for being controlling. But from the moment we met Hillary, we saw zero of it. Which is exactly the kind of message that she would want to portray in a documentary, a four part documentary all about her. The big headline that's coming out of this is what she said about Bernie Sanders. Uh, We'll have to play that. We'll have to talk about it when we come back. And I'll also play for you a part of the trailer where she talks about her relationship with Bill, which has always been a weird. It's ever always since, awkward. When I was what what ninety two, he became president, and I was in college at the time. I always thought there was just something weird about their relationship. It, it was never, one of the first political relationships that arrived on my radar. Yes, going, that you could tell weird. that you could tell yes, from the outside. Totally. Anyway, we'll talk more about what Hillary Clinton said about Bernie Sanders and why it's such a kerfuffle. Gary and Shannon will continue.
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Of course, we're following what's going on in the Senate today. They are going to start debating the rules of how the impeachment trial will play out. Adam Schiff, one of the House managers, is uh, speaking right now. Pat Cipollone, the one of the defense team for the president, spoke a few minutes ago. And uh, they are doing some of the very basic stuff about laying out their cases. Their actual statements will come tomorrow, likely after they finalize all the rules today. Um, the president, by the way, is in Davos, Switzerland. at The annual World Economic Forum says he's had a spectacular or he's led a spectacular turnaround in the U.S. economy. And uh, I don't know if you saw this story about the the mountain lion that attacked that three-year-old in Orange County. Yeah. Hiking with a family. Mountain lion starts dragging the three-year-old away. And dad throws a backpack at the cat. The cat says, I want a backpack. Drops the kid, takes the backpack up in the tree. It's always one of my big fears, hiking, is what? the mountain lion. Oh. But you keep an eye out for it. Like, I think right. the more that you're aware of them in the first place, the less likely that you're going to uh, to get eaten by them. Well, there's a four-part Hulu series coming out March 6th that's going to premiere at Sundance. It's called Hillary, and she is said to open up about Monica Lewinsky, her marriage, whether a woman can win the presidency, and her sour feelings about Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Basically called Bernie Sanders a fraud. Yeah, so P.S. I'm hearing that about Elizabeth Warren, too. What? I'm hearing that the more we find out about Elizabeth Warren, the more it's going to uh, be the emperor has no clothes. Oh. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's why they haven't, why neither one of them has really risen to the top and kind of blown anybody out of the water yet. Not enough authenticity. Um. So Hillary Clinton was interviewed by The Hollywood Reporter about this upcoming documentary, and the reporter says, uh, quotes Hillary Clinton and says, he was in Congress for years. He had one senator support him. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got nothing done. He was a career politician. It's all just baloney, and I feel so bad that people got sucked into it. And the reporter looks at the uh, former secretary of state and says, does that assessment still hold? And she says, yes, it does. And then they asked her Ouch! if she was going to campaign for him and endorse him. And she said, I'm not going to go there yet. So she would rather sit at home, not endorse the Democratic nominee to unseat Trump. And, and a lot of people are saying a, a lot of the people on the left, you know, the, the progressives who love Bernie Sanders and. And, and socialism and all of that, the kids, uh, they're saying that this is finally Hillary Clinton's private life and her public life colliding. Like she lives this private life of of hobnobbing, taking pictures with Donald Trump and the whole bit, hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, whatever, that whole power money circle thing that goes on on the East Coast. But yet she pretends to care about, you know, all gender bathrooms right. and the helping women and the whole bit. And so that they're saying, well, now at least her politics are coming in line with who she really is. She also throws this in there, suggesting that the Bernie Sanders campaign, maybe not he as a person, but the campaign brings with it a culture of something less than what you would want. Now, because remember, he had been accused uh, the campaign had been accused of sexual harassment and sexual discrimination. She said, yeah, it's his online Bernie bros and their relentless attacks on a lot of his competitors, particularly the women. 
She says, I really hope people are paying attention to that because it should be worrisome that he's been able to permit this culture and he's supporting it. Uh, went on and asked about the ongoing uh, debate about whether Bernie Sanders said something to Elizabeth Warren about a woman can't be president. And she also said it's particularly true. Um, it says, I think both the press and the public have to really hold everybody accountable for what they say and what their campaign says and does. And that's particularly true in it, what's going on right now with the Bernie campaign having gone after Elizabeth with a very personal attack on her. I I haven't decided yet. I mean, it's too early to get this. You're not going to be able to watch this on Hulu until March. I'm not going to watch this four parts of this. this I'm is- not going to watch, uh, you know. Hours and hours. Here's the thing. We've already heard her say all of this except for the Bernie, yes. Handers, Bernie Sanders stuff, which is why that's getting the headline. When they asked about uh, is yours a real marriage or more of an arrangement, as many have theorized over the years, she concluded apparently that it was a love story. The filmmaker did. And Hillary said to The Hollywood Reporter, I hope it does show that it's a love story because it's real and it's been around for a long time now, nearly 50 years for heaven's sake. I would love for that to to be conveyed because I'd love to have the reality of my life story better aligned with the press and the public understanding of it. That doesn't that doesn't sell your love to me. No. We, I mean, we've heard her address that issue before. We've heard her address Monica Lewinsky. We've heard all of this. Yeah, but always very tepidly, at least in terms of their relationship. Maybe maybe this will uh, explore that. Maybe it will show a love story. Speaking of maybe Hollywood. Maybe it shows two great actors the way that we've seen them act towards each other before. The re- oh, uh, let me play this clip. This is from the documentary, their relationship, how they met. I took a class and I saw Hillary sitting there. And he was watching me. And she closed her law book. I said, if you're going to keep looking at me and I'm going to keep looking back, we ought to know each other's names. I'm Hillary Rodham. Who are you? She was different than anybody I ever met. I said, I really want to marry you, but you shouldn't marry me. I've heard that story before. (laughs) Yes. When asked about whether or not she regrets her lengthy association with Harvey Weinstein, she asks this, how could we have known? He raised money for me, for the Obamas, for Democrats in general. At the time, that was something that everybody thought made sense. And, of course, if all of us had known what we know now, it would have affected our behavior. There have been stories about Harvey Weinstein for years. Do you think she's the alpha dog in that relationship? And that's what led to his philandering? Okay, because there's so, a way there's a there's there's relationships where the women are the alpha, but there's a way to not manipulate the situation, but not hit somebody over the head with it. Right. Uh, no, I I don't. At least not at the time. I don't think she was. I think she is now, because one of the questions in this article is about you know um, that Bill says something along the lines of I was so grateful she thought. We still had enough to stick it out. She stayed with him despite the affair. Singular. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, and she says, well, I'm grateful that he understood that this was this was a really terrible time. I said in connection with a recent book, um, staying in my marriage was the gutsiest decision she ever made. I think that there's a point where she realizes she now holds all of the power in that relationship. He may have been the president of the United States. He may have withered, weathered, I suppose, uh, impeachment and trial in the Senate like we're witnessing today. But she knew 
after all of those transgressions that he made very publicly embarrassed himself, embarrassed the office, embarrassed his wife, embarrassed his family, like all of that, she's the one who came out of that with the positive Q score, right? She's the one, oh, she's, you know, she's sticking by her man, despite him being a dog, that she had the power. And I think she, that's when the pants changed, I suppose. And Uh, she wore them at that point. I have uh, breaking news and it's not good. We're going to be talking about this when we come back. The coronavirus that exploded through China, I believe 291 people sickened with it. It has jumped into other countries. And this is breaking. CDC expected to announce the first United States case of the coronavirus this afternoon. Guys, this isn't good. We'll talk about it when we come back. Hey, I also have breaking news on the impeachment stuff. Apparently, there has been a change to the proposed rules. One of the things we were saying was for the laying out of the case, each side would have 24 hours spread out only over two days. Apparently now they're going to change that and make it 24 hours spread over three days apiece, which is going to lengthen the trial, but also give people a little bit more uh, reality when it comes to not falling asleep in their chair in the Senate. Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. A lot of action on Capitol Hill as the Senate debates the rules for the impeachment trial that will play out in this House, which is the Senate. Mitch McConnell saying this morning that he wanted the rules to show this. Two days. Each side gets one full day to lay out out its case. Well, that was going to have senators debating into the wee hours of the morning under the the guise of darkness. And the Democrats hated that. So now it looks like they've budged a little bit and there will be three days of opening arguments. That at least makes it livable. I still think it's going to be a difficult time for senators to act as jurors for eight hours you know, very few breaks, no talking. They love talking, and uh, they have to sit there with their thumbs in their, uh, on their, they have to sit there quietly. How's that? Very good. Uh, we have some bad breaking news this hour. We told you about this crazy, mysterious virus that popped up in China, in the Wuhan area of central China, and It's reminiscent of the global outbreak of SARS that happened in 2002-2003. That was also a coronavirus. And this thing moved from China to Japan to Thailand, I believe, and Korea. And now it looks like the CDC here in the United States is going to announce that a man in Washington state has been diagnosed with this virus. He's in stable condition, they say. He flew to the United States from China before federal health officials began screening travelers at three major U.S. airports, including LAX. I believe that started just last week. Do I need to worry about flying? No. Where are you going? Are you going to China? No. No. But I will be in a major international airport. Where are you going? Texas. You're fine. You're fine. You I got sure? a um, travel alert. Sometimes my husband and I will send us like travel alerts for good deals or something. You flying into Dallas? Yes. Oh, Dallas is one of the top cities for international students. So there's a lot of stuff coming into that airport. 
So yesterday he emails me this uh, travel alert, $299 to fly to Beijing. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. bet. Oh, yeah. Pretty soon they'll be paying you $299 <laughs> That's right. to fly to Beijing. That's right. There were <sighs> a lot of broadcasts on state television about how this thing is going to spread from human to human. Six people have died. As I mentioned, 291 have been infected. The stock prices of some companies that sell masks rose today, <laughs> but markets fell in much of Asia because investors are worrying about what this is going to mean for tourism and the economy. Uh, in rare cases, coronaviruses are zoonotic, meaning they can be transmitted from animals to humans. Coronaviruses like SARS and MERS can spread from human contact with animals. SARS, of course, was tra- uh, transmitted from civet cats to humans. MERS started in camels and made its way to humans. However, as we reported yesterday, officials now confirm that this coronavirus can be transmitted between humans. Initial symptoms of the new coronavirus include fever, cough, tightness of the chest, shortness of breath. Don't read symptoms because whenever Nick you read totally, symptoms, just, I go like this. I know. And Nick <clears throat> totally is the worst. He just gave himself coronavirus in his head, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Now he can't breathe. The first, sweating. The first cases late last month were connected to a seafood market. And one of the things that's making them really worried is the fact that some of the new people that have become sickened are healthcare workers. Oh, yeah. They're the people that treated the sick. And here's the thing. They took every precaution because they knew they were dealing with this mysterious virus. So the people in hospital took all the precautions and they still got it. No bueno. Yeah. Um, there. So if this patient in Washington state did get it, he got it and came back before they started screening the passengers, uh, because on Friday is when they started screening the passengers at JFK, San Francisco International, LAX. That that's good. SeaTac would be another great option in terms of, uh, you know, preventing people from flying direct from China to Seattle and uh, bringing it back into Washington state. But there is no specific treatment for the illness. And there have been deaths. I mean, it's not it's, it's you not may- a confirmed you're, it's not, uh, you know, super high fatality rate, but it's high enough that it's a concern for everyone. Yes. Uh, they say you could get relief from taking uh, pain or fever medications. Sure. And drink some fluids. But that's not going to save you from it completely. You're still going to have it. It still we... kill you. Might just make it a little bit more comfortable. And we're certain that Handel didn't travel to China. I, I, know, I don't know or... what he does in his life. I don't know if he went to China when he said he was in Vegas. You know, I don't know. Do we ever really know anybody? No. He could have gone for the weekend. Just for the weekend. You know what? I'm going to text him and ask him if he was been to China. We should know. Right? Well, I, I know he's been to China. No, I, I mean, just if he's mean, been like, to China recently, in the past last two month. weeks or so, yeah. month. Uh, uh, that is that is horrific news. Um, yeah. Well, so we'll keep an eye on the CDC and uh, any official announcements that come out of that. But Washington State health health officials again say that uh, they do have a patient that they believe has that Wuhan coronavirus, as it's being called now, uh, officially being treated. He's in a fair condition, but <clears throat> right, not good. Text. Not good. We'll see.
All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to check back in and see how things are going in the Senate. Again, uh, House managers right now, by the at least by Adam Schiff, he is making his case uh, in terms of the very basics so that they can get into the debate over the trial rules. We'll talk about that one significant change that has come so far in just the first couple of minutes, actually, of arguing about all of this as we get ready for the impeachment. Plus, that horrific story of three boys killed in a hit and run in Temescal Valley. Heartbreaking. Apparently, the guy meant to do it. We'll tell you everything we know up next. Look, I don't mean to frustrate, but I always make the same mistakes. Yeah, always make the same mistakes, cause I'm bad in love. Ooh, ooh. But you can't blame me for trying. You know I'll be lying. I mean, people are going to hear like 24 minutes on that from time to time. Oh, yeah. Sir, your Uber ride is over. We've been sitting outside for 10 minutes. Could you please wrap this up? I I have other rides. I need, I need, I need to make some money here. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live. <laughs> Everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Big day today, Tuesday, January 21st. Adam Schiff, the lead House impeachment manager, is still making his case before senators today. Although this is not his opening statement, he's sort of treating it as his opening statement. Senators today are supposed to be debating the rules of the trial and how things are going to go. Mitch McConnell gave uh, a memo yesterday to all the senators, his proposed rules, He has apparently allowed one change quietly made to this resolution. There will be three days of opening arguments over 24 hours. The original language of this proposal was that Mitch McConnell was going to allow 24 hours of opening arguments over two days for each side, which would have meant that they were going to start at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and go until 1 in the morning without breaks for each side uh, over the course of two days. So... Some Republicans, uh, Republican senators who had issues with McConnell's resolution were the ones that suggested these changes just prior to the start of the trial. There are also some changes to the evidence section that evidence will be admitted unless there is a vote in opposition to it, as opposed to voting on each piece of evidence. So all of those things are going on right now. We'll keep an eye on what's going on in the Senate as they continue uh, what will be. An historic day. Horrific story out of Corona to tell you about. This happened Sunday night about 1030 p.m. Five, excuse me, six, six good kids inside a Prius. 18-year-old man driving, five male minors in the rest of the car. And it looks like they were celebrating one of the kids' birthdays. And they went to Doorbell Ditch, uh, another teenager, and they got the wrong house. And the man that was inside the house gave chase when he was doorbell ditched. Not only did he give chase, he got into his car and targeted this Toyota Prius carrying the six boys. He intentionally rammed into this Prius, which caused the Prius to slam into a tree. Three of the teenage boys were killed. The Prius slammed into that tree after the driver lost control, veered off the road. One boy died at the scene. Two others pronounced dead at the hospital. The other three victims all sustained moderate injuries. 
Authorities have said they're not sure if the teenagers were using the car's seatbelts. At that point, a Prius only has five seatbelts. Um, the guy who did it, 42-year-old Anurag Chandra of Corona, apparently was just chasing after them uh, because they, they doorbell ditched his house. The, the CHP said very clearly that they believe that this was an intentional act. Thankfully, a witness to all of this saw what was going on, followed the suspect, helped uh, the CHP and other local police find the vehicle. And, of course, that led them to this guy. How you? It looks like all of the boys went to the same church, community church school. And here's another heartbreaking piece. There are two sets of brothers in that car. There are two families in that church community who have each lost a son. And their other sons are injured. One of the kids who was killed, 16-year-old Drake Ruiz. Family members telling KTLA he loved God, he loved his family and his brothers. He always gave me a hug, played football at Centennial High School, attended New Beginnings Community Church in Norco. There has been a GoFundMe campaign set up to raise money for his funeral. The other two boys killed in the crash, also 16 years old, Daniel Hawkins and Jacob Ivascu. And those are the two boys that have the brothers that are in the hospital right now. Debbie Ruiz, um, the mother, says that, like you said, the boys were out celebrating one of the birthdays. And uh, she wanted to thank, there was a woman apparently, a good Samaritan, who either witnessed this or drove up on it soon after the accident and stayed there with the boys and prayed with them. Uh, she also thanked the man who followed the suspect and reported the whole location to the police and got him arrested as well. So. There was about a thousand people in New uh, North Point Church in Corona for a vigil for the boys. That's their church community there. Um, and as we pointed out, they're celebrating a birthday and there is as much trouble as a teenage boys can get into when they're celebrating something. It was a doorbell, doorbell ditch. It was a, some, a prank from the... I don't know, the 70s? Yeah, the 70s. And they just picked the wrong house with a complete psychopath inside. Uh, yeah, they were trapped in the car, by the way. I mean, I can't even imagine that scene. They were, uh, they were all trapped because of the way that the, the car hit the tree. And so I just can't, I just can't even imagine what, what the people went through, the first responders, what those boys went through who survived um, trapped in that wreckage. That's murder, right? I mean, that's yes. those are murder charges oh, yeah. against that guy. <clears throat> All right. Um, Is this I, just somebody who lost his temper? Uh, a rage situation? I mean, it's a doorbell ditch. So so your doorbell so rings thing and happened? you go to the door to answer it and there's no one there. And you see a bunch of kids, ha ha ha, and they jump in their car and they leave. And you're like, I'm going to teach you a lesson? The hell? I don't understand the reaction. The mental math on that doesn't no. make any sense. Um, all right. We are following what's going on in the uh, the Senate today. Adam Schiff, the lead House impeachment manager, is the one speaking before senators today. And he's been laying out a lot of uh, their early case, although today is supposed to just be about the rules and debating which rules are going to be in place, which ones aren't. He's taken a lot of time to lay out the case that uh, probably doesn't need to be laid out until tomorrow. But anyway, we'll keep an eye on what's going on. Um, in a few minutes, we have an opportunity to tell you about a uh, thousand bucks you can win. And 
if controlled burns are a thing and they work at reducing the deadly nature and the absolute destructive nature of wildfires, why don't we see more prescribed burns throughout the state of California? Is it just because the president mentioned that we should do this? And they don't want to do it because he said it. Right. It might be. Um, Also coming up this hour, the uh, city of Los Angeles needs to let the whole sign stealing thing go. Let let baseball players play baseball. Let let the baseball players weigh in, Paul Koritz. Don't be a horse's ass. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Shannon, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We are keeping our eye on what's going on on Capitol Hill as lawmakers continue to fight over how the impeachment trial will go down in the Senate. They are debating the trial rules. Mitch McConnell came out this morning and he said, all right, we're going to get this thing done in two days. You guys get a day to lay out your case. We get a day to lay out our case. And we're going to just fight it out until the wee hours of the morning if we have to. And everyone said, no, 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 no. We're not going to do this under the cover of darkness. Uh, Let's just expand it a little bit. So he's like, all right, he budged. Even though he had the 51 votes to go ahead and improve his approve his rules, I think the optics were going to look bad for the Republicans if they squeezed this all into two days, like they were trying to get away with something. So McConnell went ahead and budged and said, "Okay, we can have three days for opening arguments, which begin tomorrow. Yeah, three days on each side. That's not the only change, though. I guess there were also changes to the section of the resolution that would not have admitted the House's evidence without a vote. It said materials in this record, the House resolution, materials in this record may be admitted by motion made after the Senate has disposed of blah, 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 blah. They've changed that wording legally so that it says the materials in this record will be admitted into evidence without a vote. All they have to do is vote to approve these rules, and they're already in. You don't have to do it by uh, by vote to get those House materials in. Other big headline this hour is we do have our first case of this mysterious virus coming out of central China, and it is in Washington state. The news coming out of Seattle that there was a person who recently traveled to China, the first in the United States to be diagnosed with this new type of viral infection. They are concerned that this is going to be similar to the SARS outbreak. How many years ago was that? 18 years ago that killed 800. So far, they say 291 people sick with this one. This person in Washington state, according to the Seattle Times, is said to be quite ill, although uh, the other description we saw was stable, which don't necessarily contradict each other. It's just they may not be getting better or worse. They're just stable and quite ill but first your chance at a thousand dollars for your chance at a thousand bucks text the nationwide keyword bank b-a-n-k to 200 200 you'll get a confirmation text and info standard data and message rate supply in this nationwide contest that's bank to 200 200 and, and remember you win you're gonna you gotta answer that mm, phone yeah i'm right i mean what happens if who calls and you don't answer the phone anymore especially if it's a, from a 513 area code i pick that up every time <laughs> Um, uh, we do it again 20 minutes after every hour from 520 in the morning all the way through 620 at night. Every weekday right here on KFI, we give away that thousand bucks. Experts at Stanford University are calling for more prescribed burns so that we can prevent some of these devastating wildfires that are the new norm in California. They have new research that asks why the approach hasn't been pursued more aggressively. 
Stanford doctoral student Rebecca Miller is the lead author of the paper published Monday in Nature Sustainability. Have you gotten your uh, Nature Sustainability journal yet? Did it get there yesterday and you just ignored it like you did last month? I'll be honest with you. All I do when I get that journal, Nature Sustainability, sustainability, is I flip open to the centerfold and then I close it. She says we need a giant redwoods. (laughs) I just broke my pen. (laughs) You got that excited. I did. (laughs) (laughs) They're such dumbasses. She says we need a colossal expansion of fuel treatments. Those fuel treatments that she's referring to include prescribed burns. These are fires that are lit intentionally, a controlled setting, and it clears away the kindling that could be a problem in the future. Also, another fuel treatment is called thinning the vegetation, which is what you do around your house, right? What the fire department requires you to do. Uh, Trim that plant growth that lets wildfires climb into the tree canopy. Researchers say they they need to do this on about 20% of the land in the state. But controlled burns haven't really expanded. And the researchers have said there's a couple of different reasons. Number one, um, there is a risk-averse culture in the shadow of liability laws that if there's an agency that's going to be responsible for this, whether it's the State Department, if it's CAL FIRE, some local agency, maybe the federal, uh, the forest land, uh, the people in charge of the forest lands, they would take financial and legal responsibility if anything gets out of hand. Well, Part of what these prescribed burns are or part of why they are used is they're used at a time and in places where that's not likely to happen. Prescribed burns don't take place in uh, the beginning of October when Santa Ana winds are flowing through here at 60 miles an hour. They do it at a time when it's not likely to spread, when it's not likely to cause massive problems. Well, and they say that it's... uh... A risk-adverse public as well. It doesn't look good. People don't like the smell, the sight, all of it of prescribed burns. Well, we can't deal with feelings here if this is going to save lives and homes and all of that. We have to do what's right for all of the dumb people who don't like to see the smoke from prescribed burns in the sky. Wait, before you say that, I know we're going to get emails from people who say that they can't, you know, they can't go outside and breathe because they have lung problems or they have a chronic. That's understandable, but we're not talking about massive, massive no. tens of thousands of acres of wildfire that's going to cause, you know, the school districts to shut down because of the quality of the air. We're talking about a few hundred, maybe a couple thousand acres here and there. This is not prescribed burns are not the Thomas fire. No. The Stanford Woods Institute for the Environment even came out with a statement saying prescribed burns are effective and safe. If a place called the Stanford Woods Institute for the Environment says it's safe for the environment, I think you're good there. I would love to see. uh, There's got to be people in the, the fire sciences world who know a lot about prescribed burns, controlled burns, but we're not using their knowledge. We're not expanding that and making it available to everybody in the state, everybody in that world. Well, and if there's this liability issue that people are worried about, then why doesn't the state legislature go in and remove that from happening? They've gone ahead and told PG&E that they're not liable for X, Y, and Z. Why don't they remove liability from other entities? And we have to remember... 
fire is a natural thing. In the health of a forest, it is a natural thing. It happened all the time, happened long before you were here and I was here and they were here, and it will happen long after we're here. That all of this stuff will burn, then regrow, and then burn, and then regrow. Now we're freaking out about it because people have their, you know, $7 million cabin up in the hills above Arrowhead that's going to be at risk in this type of thing. You and I, I get it, but but don't forget, that's bigger than we are. You know what? You just proved to me that you have been reading your nature sustainability journals and you don't need to be the guy that just says he flips open to the centerfold to see the big redwoods. All right. You can also be the guy that reads it cover to cover every month and and, and roll on with that knowledge. You don't have to be the guy that just is in it for the redwoods. You're better than that. You do you. Should have seen the bark, though. <laughs> And the want ads in the back are pretty classy. Yeah? Yeah. There's like, uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> like, uh, got compost? What? Or like, got uh, compost. got wheatgrass? You like camping? <clears throat> anyway, never mind. Want to attract some birds and bees? And uh toilet paper alternative? I make my own toilet paper. <laughs> there is a real market for that. Uh, Have you seen the reusable yeah. toilet paper on market? Etsy? Yeah, don't yeah. do it. I don't want to look at it anymore. <laughs> Come on, we haven't gotten down that hole in a long time. Excuse me. <laughs> All right, coming up next, uh, Paul Koretz needs to focus on the thirty thousand people that are sleeping on the street and defecating there too. Listen, we're all a little bit bummed about the Dodgers getting screwed. But this whole victimhood culture that you are propagating is not good for anybody. Oh, and I have a a scenario, and I'll ask this as well. Well, we'll come back and do this. (laughs) Paul Koretz demanding that Major League Baseball give the Dodgers the World Series Go do your job, dude. (laughs) Gary and Shannon. For the hits, because I mean, think of all the likes we could get if we just pose them in like different situations. You know, like here they are with uh, at the beach with dipping sauces. You guys are back, you know that. Right? Oh. oh, Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, the debate has begun, uh, at least between the lawyers now, on rules for the Senate impeachment trial of President Trump. White House counsel Pat Cipollone is now in front of the chamber saying that uh, the impeachment charges that have been brought by the House are dangerous to our republic. United States has its first case of that new mysterious virus that was only found last month in China. This is a guy in Seattle who returned from a trip to central China, and he returned in the middle of last week from the area where the outbreak began, Wuhan. He's in his 30s. They say he's in good condition at a hospital in Everett. The Seattle Times says he's quite ill. 
but they say he's not considered a threat to the medical staff or the public. And to that, I say, are you sure? Because in China, the big news this morning was that a bunch of the hospital workers who took every precaution also contracted this virus. Uh, We've been watching uh, in Iran the official aeronautical agency, they call them the Civil Aviation Organization, has confirmed now that two Russian-made missiles are what took down that Ukrainian airliner two weeks ago. Not not a giant surprise. What I think is most surprising is the Iranians have apparently asked for help from American and French authorities in decoding the uh, the flight recorders, the data and the voice recorder from that airplane. I just saw this. The, uh, the stage for the NFL draft this year in April has been set. It's going to be on the water at the fountain, at the Bellagio fountains. They're going to boat in players Vegas. in to the stage. Uh, that, that, Talk to me again about how the NFL is failing. Right. Uh, they are going to milk that Vegas relationship. Oh, are you kidding? It's dirty. It's, I think everything in Vegas is a little dirty, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Especially those old coin machines that are still in operation. Might sound fun. It's a novelty. Oh, I want to play slots on the coin machines, and then you get a couple pulls in. You look down at your fingers, and you're yeah. like, "What did I do?" Got Wuhan coronavirus on your hands. Uh, speaking of the Wuhan coronavirus, Handel says he might have it. I think he's kidding, but I asked him if he had it, and uh, he said maybe. So he's not confirming or denying that he's been to China. Got it. Gross. Hey, good news. If you live in the city of Los Angeles, all other problems have been fixed. Everything. Everything is in working order. And now Paul Koretz and Gil Cedillo have nothing left to do but try to put together a resolution to ask Major League Baseball to give the World Series titles from the Astros and Red Sox in 2017 and 18, respectively, to the Los Angeles Dodgers. I hate a victimhood situation. And this is what these two clowns are crying out. They're alone in this, by the way. They were uh, alone at the podium today at City Council when they called on this. Chris and Carlo had to go watch the clown show. That's a clown question, bro. How in the world, Chris, did these guys carve out time in their busy days for this? Quite the run up there. I do appreciate you quoting, uh, of course, right fielder for the Philadelphia Phillies, Bryce Harper, with the clown question. You're welcome. Comment. Uh, but uh, here's the thing, right? It is one of those on its face. You look at it, you're like, okay, this is ridiculous. Why are they even talking about this? Why are they not talking about other issues? But in their comments, I think they did a, an, a good job of framing what they're trying to do against maybe a broader societal issue. Here's Paul Kretz. I'm just going to let his own words speak for himself and then uh, hear a little bit from uh, from Gil Cedillo. Computer, please But work. as a lifelong baseball fan, I feel the national oh, pastime itself is mortally wounded. Oh, God. We seem to be living in a culture of cheating, whether cheating on college applications or using performance-enhancing drugs or the national question of how Donald Trump's attempt to gain advantage oh, in an election should be dealt oh, that's with. That's what it was. That's what it's about. Not only did fans pay for high-priced tickets to attend a game they thought was on the up-and-up, but there? the Dodgers now have two yeah. debatable losses on their records. All right, that's the end of that cut. And here's a little bit of what Gil Cedillo had to wah, say. Wah, 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 wah. Do you want me to play it? Yeah, yeah, sorry. 
Okay. Do you learn the important <laughs> values of what it is to be an American? Or you learn that cheating is the new normal? Our choice today is to choose to make a statement that cheating shall not be the new normal, that people were robbed, and that we want it to be clear that this city spoke up for its team. So mm-hmm. at, at, toward the end of the news conference, I asked him point Blake, I'm like, hey, like, you guys just doing this for publicity? I mean, obviously everybody in the city hates the Red Sox and hates the Astros right now. This is an easy home run, if you will, uh, politically speaking. And, you know, both of them were, A, a little annoyed that I asked the question, and, and B, I, I think taken with the fact that they really do think that they're stepping up for, you know, what a lot of people are saying, what a lot of fans are saying, what a lot of people in the city are saying, which is the team itself got cheated out of a World Series title. And, again, you heard the framing there that perhaps this is taking a stand against cheating overall as well. Um, so that's perhaps the more positive way to look at it. It was funny. I was in the, there's a little side room, side media room. And, um, I was working on this story and, uh, and Councilman Cedillo walked back in. He's like, you know, he's kind of ribbing me for asking that question. And then we just started talking for a little bit. And I, I honestly, I think he's kind of sincere in, in where he's coming from and trying to get this, um, get this off the board. Now, what is it, what is it going to do? Nothing. It's symbolic, right? So this is going to be one of those things that you put out into the ether and it's going to be talked about by us it's going to be talked about by sports talk radio people in houston are going to gag people in boston are going to gag but hey they're from boston you know whatever so it is out there that's it the world series title is not coming back to la you're not going to have a ticket parade we're not going to do any of these things chris if you're not annoying elected officials as a reporter then you're not doing your job (laughs) i know i do enjoy doing that but um you get what i'm saying though i i I, at the very least here's the thing i I get it i get that there is a kernel of authenticity and i'm not saying they're not authentic i get it like dodgers fans are pissed off and if these guys are dodgers fans they have every right to be pissed off when i get a little confused about is why we're wasting city time putting together a proclamation that is symbolic over baseball when you have people that are living on a grid in your city in tents. Like, I just said there's a perspective problem a little bit when you've got two city council members who have spent two weeks now absorbed with with, with baseball, I guess is all I'm saying. Yeah, no, and, and that's certainly understandable. And my Twitter mentions speak to that thoroughly, very, very thoroughly. They speak to that. Let me just make it clear. My Twitter mentions thoroughly speak to that notion. But uh, I think what you'll hear from them and what you often hear from officials, whether it's at the city or county or even federal level, is that, you know, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. That, you know, this is the, I mean, the measure came up before city council. It was unanimously passed in the first, like, three minutes of the meeting. So in terms of the time that it took and the manpower that it took, eh, he's probably talking about, you know, 10 minutes of official time and maybe an hour of time. Certainly, I think you have a strong case to make, which is when you have all these other optics, eh, maybe we should find a way to highlight those as well when we're talking about things like World Series championships. Um, You know, as a guy from a city that's known to be a little bit zealous when it comes to sports, uh, I, in a weird way, can see how more people would attach onto this than they would a lot of other issues that a city council person may throw out there. I agree. I totally agree with you, Chris, but part of the reason we would elect, I would assume, part of the reason we would elect the people that we would elect is we want them to make the hard choices and do the hard things, not the easy things. This is an easy thing. This is low-hanging fruit that has fallen off 
and is ready to be. Anybody could do this. Yeah, go Anybody to, go can to beat their job. chest in front of a podium. The guy and say, at the end of the bar, that's what I go to him for. Right. I don't go to this, this city hall. Do, go do your job. Go do the work of the freaking people. Anyway, sorry for yelling. I, I just I feel very beaten up right now, guys. No, no, not you. <laughs> not you. We love you. Thank you, Chris. Hey, Shannon. Yes, dear. I just want to say congratulations. Thank you. You know, I've been waiting for that text uh, for oh, three days. Was I, supposed to, was I supposed to text? You didn't tell me I was I supposed mean, to text I mean, every single other person in my life texted me congratulations but you. You know what, though? Here's the thing. <laughs> this is far Your more personal because I'm me. doing it. Yeah. I really? <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm saying congratulations in front of witnesses. This is true. Right? This is Excellent not just the text. It's not just like, oh, hey, congratulations, confetti. I, I'm saying congratulations in a heartfelt, meaningful way in front of you know half of Los Angeles. You're right. right. I appreciate it. I do. And luck to you next year. Yeah. Whatever. Chris and Carla, there he goes, <laughs> doing the work of the people. Uh, our furry desk has been unused for the last couple of months. We have a good furry story when we come back. Dust that thing off. Yeah, Gross. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Our first significant break, the uh, Chief Justice gaveled in a recess just a few minutes ago in the Senate. They have been debating Senate trial rules. And after the proposal came out yesterday from Mitch McConnell and Republicans, there have been a handful of changes that were made to it, uh, at least a, a couple significant ones. One of them was that instead of 24 hours over two days for each side, now uh, the House managers arguing the prosecution and then the president's defense team will each get 24 hours over three days for their arguments to be laid out in front of the Senate. Uh, the other thing is that some of the House evidence that was collected will be allowed into evidence right away as opposed to being voted on uh, depending on each individual piece. So those two changes came in and we'll see, uh, again, several hours left of debate on the rules before they get to uh, a final vote on that sometime later today, as well, expected. Also get opening statements tomorrow in Manhattan at Harvey Weinstein's rape trial. They had argued that it was impossible for him to get a fair trial in New York City, wanted to move it out. A judge today on the appeals court said, absolutely not. They argued uh, that Harvey was being subjected to a media and entertainment circus. Well, our furry desk comes to us uh, courtesy of Nick, who is as close to a furry as we allow. He has something called a woof-woof suit. Um, so we go to him when we've got furries in the news, and that is exactly what happened in San Jose on Friday night, just before midnight, there were furries all over the streets because FurCon had just let out. FurCon. Uh, FurCon is San Jose's annual furry get-together. FurCon. And so they, uh, they'd been sitting in these fur costumes all day. So you can imagine how good that night air must have felt. Does it get gamey in there, uh, Nick? It can get gamey, but, uh, you know, if you take proper care of your suit, uh, you'll be just fine. You put fans in there or anything? Uh, I don't put fans, but I have strategic holes placed in case a nice breeze comes through. Ice packing? You do any ice packing? I haven't done that yet. Mm. Well, it was Friday night when a car screeched to a halt in the middle of South Market Street there in San Jose. And from inside the car came a woman's horrified scream, get out, get out, get out. 
it was pretty intense. Uh, there was a furry mm-hmm. who traveled from Azusa to go, and it looks like there were three furries that jumped to this woman's rescue. This guy, the guy from Azusa, says that he's a silent observer of furry culture, and he had shown What's up creepier? to the... creepier? What is creepier? <laughs> people like Nick, who put on the suits. Right, or people like Blake, who just paid a watch. Right. Um, now, and they saw somebody in the car beating this woman. So this guy, who is just a silent observer of furry culture... And a couple of other people dragged the bad guy out of the car and sat on him. Well, not just this guy who is, again, silent observer of furry culture, but other furries in furry suits, including the guy in the pink dinosaur costume who wrestled this guy by the head and neck to the ground. There was also a tiger. The tiger knelt on the guy. I'm assuming you're a dog because it's called the woof woof suit. Yeah, it's kind of like a wolf. Like a huge wolf. Oh, so it's like a wolf, wolf suit. Like a wolf, wolf. Yeah. Well, you say wolf, wolf. Okay. Um, like an endearing speech impediment thing. I have follow up. We just make sounds at each other. We don't speak words. Do you think that you're just using the wolf, wolf suit as the name of this here at work because this is kind of you know it's a professional environment and you have like some sort of weird furry name in your in your real furry life? Do you have a weird furry name? Um. Is this like Magic the Gathering, but with suits? How do you take away life points? <laughs> I don't have a furry name. You, but you if plug you want, up a, plug up his air holes, that's how you take away his life points. Other furries give you a name. No one's given me a name. Yet. Oh, I didn't realize that. Like, you can't like come up with your own nickname. Right, yeah. Your teammates have to come up with it for you, or your coach. Or I'm new in town. Nobody's done that for you? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, new to the, I'm, new, I'm new to the scene. Gary won't even make they, eye contact with you. Do they run in packs, or how does this work? Sometimes on all fours. All right, let's talk trending. I am not that. a furry. What? Liar. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together they can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. Insured by NCUA. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. We've been telling you all day about this new coronavirus that was discovered in China and has since left that country and expanded to other countries, including today we find out Washington State. There was a man in Seattle that traveled from central China last week and has now been sickened with this thing. They're worried about it becoming a SARS-like epidemic. SARS, which killed about 800 people in 2002-2003. What's the worst that could happen? A lot of people will die. That is the worst. Alex Stone will be along in about an hour with all the latest details about what you need to know, if you should be uh, concerned, all of that. Also, to plan out the rest of your, uh, the rest of your, I don't know, late lunch hour, perhaps, uh, we have Swamp Watch coming up at 1230. We're going to talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C. The Hillary Clinton news that she's back in the news is, is news. 
But also Tasty Tuesday coming up at one thirty when Neil Savedra joins us, our fork reporter. We talk some food stuff. A lot more to tell you about now. Time for What's Happening. Well, it's kind of a surprise on Capitol Hill as the Senate begins its impeachment trial. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell abruptly changing his proposed rules. After senators objected, he had the votes, the 51 votes from Republicans, to push his rules through. What he wanted was just two days, bang, bang, each side gets a day to tell its story, which meant that the testimony would probably go into the wee hours of the night. And so Senate Democrats raised their hand and they said, no, 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 we're not doing this under the guise of darkness. We need to have the American people be paying attention and let them hear uh, evidence from both sides. And instead of Mitch McConnell saying F and you, he said, all right, we'll take opening arguments and we'll expand it from two days to three days. Yeah. So each side's going to get three days, eight hours per day for these arguments, which at least makes it more palatable time wise. We'll see that, you know, the majority of America won't be sleeping when they wrap up for the day, which was one of the arguments that Chuck Schumer was making. They also did change a uh just I think it was basically one word that instead of house evidence that may be brought into the record in the Senate after motions are made and voted on, et cetera, it said that the house evidence will be brought in to the Senate for uh, for actually into the record. Well, and that's sure. interesting because senators wanted Republican senators wanted nothing to do with all that went on in the House, as yes. you can imagine. Yep. Uh, the president saying again that the whole thing is a hoax and that he was sure it would Work out fine, to use his words. Well, another opening statement tomorrow will be Harvey Weinstein. Defense lawyers want to use a bunch of intimate email correspondence between Harvey Weinstein and his accusers to try to convince a jury that any contact that he had with them was consensual. Oh, that's not going to go anywhere. I watched Bombshell last night. You had watched it earlier in the week. And one of the things that... Roger Ailes was using in his defense was, well, look at this email I have from Gretchen Carlson where she says, oh, you had so-and-so fill in for Megan. Why not me? Happy face. Does that look like I harassed her? And that's one of the things with these imbalance of power relationships. You're forced to send emails to people who have maybe harassed you in the past because you know what? That imbalance of power still remains. Uh, The jury was picked last week. They will figure all of this. The the trial itself, they say, is going to last about six weeks in New York. And then, as we know, once uh, they started their jury selection the same day that Jackie Lacey here in L.A. County announced other charges against Harvey Weinstein. So whenever he gets everything wrapped up in New York, he's going to have to come out here. We talked about the disappearance of Kristen Smart. Well, it was 24 years ago, but we interviewed a man who started a podcast to comb through the evidence and hopefully get some sort of resolution in this case. And now Kristen Smart's mother has been contacted by an FBI agent about possible new details in her daughter's case. And the FBI agent told mom, be ready. This is really going to be something you don't expect. Yeah. So the Stockton Record, the newspaper up there, publishes this article with word from mom about the FBI contacting her and that the mom said that the FBI even told her you might want to think about hiring a family spokesperson and maybe planning a vacation. You're going to want to get away for a while. But didn't give any indication specifically about what the new development would be in the story. What now, would be something that mom wouldn't expect? I know they had their eye on the this. Uh, Person of interest whose right. name uh, escapes me right now. But he now. was the last guy to see the her The last alive. one to see her. If, if you remember the case, she was leaving a party. She was intoxicated. She was on the grass at one point. Her friends pick her up and they're walking her back to the dorm. Another guy joins the group and says, I can take her back. The friends leave. He purportedly takes her back to her dorm and then she's gone the next day. Right. 
So the one option is they found a body, right? Why they, now would they find the body? I don't know. Or the other option is they found her alive somewhere. Whoa. But that wouldn't make That's sense. That's a why, lifetime movie. Right. But they, why would they tell her to go away? Right. Like, yeah. Uh, right. If they found her alive, it would be. It would be. You would, it think would, it be, would be a time for rejoicing. This is going to be something you don't expect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Take a vacation. Ozzy Osbourne has announced that uh, he's been diagnosed with Parkinson's. 71-year-old Grammy winner, a winner former vocalist for uh, Black Sabbath, said on an interview that uh, aired today that the diagnosis came after he suffered a fall last year. Um, he had to cancel some tour dates last year because of health problems. said he really wants to get well and back to performing because he misses his fans. Why is this a new thing? If you watched any of yeah, I was gonna the say, reality I... shows that he's been on, right? this seems like a diagnosis that could have been made from the television show without an actual exam. I was going to say uh, that I thought that this had already been a thing, yeah. but I didn't want to sound callous. So thank you for doing that. Oh, my pleasure. The, I'll be the one. <laughs> NFL draft stage has been set. You guys, it's going to be bananas. Ugh. Remember when the draft was like in a conference room at a Marriott yeah, in the basement? Ballroom, yeah. Bad chicken. Old cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> it is going to be on the water at the Bellagio Fountains. The renderings of the way this is going to look are insane. It's just what you imagine. A big stage, tons of lights right in front of all those fountains that you can watch be set to music at any night in Vegas. And they are going to boat players to the stage, ferry them to the stage. Un believable and the idea that they would not pay the guy who owns the guy who owns the tape from super bowl one right right right, they won't they won't pony up more than 30 grand for that right and also i like the juxtaposition of all these guys that have put their bodies and their futures on the line for all these colleges and gotten paid nothing yeah and they show up for the draft, right? And here's the NFL that just makes money hand over fist. It's just an odd thing, isn't it? Are they going to so they're going to coordinate the fountains you would assume with with the Bellagio? Oh yeah. Bellagio to to display the colors of whatever oh, team is God. up there announcing their choice, Bananas. right? Yeah. Oh boy. That's, and what and a you weird, tell me the NFL's in trouble. What a weird show. All right. What are we oh, doing? So, did you hear the story? StubHub will now let you go into debt to buy your tickets. Who isn't going into debt to buy their tickets? Well, different kind. I mean, they'll instead of putting a credit card in between you and StubHub, they'll you go allow, on a payment plan. You go into a payment Freaking plan with StubHub. Wayalay. What is it called? Layaway. Wayalay. Uh, we'll do that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. I might have to do that. Wayalay. Yeah. Also, your chance at a thousand bucks, maybe to pay off part of your Super Bowl ticket. Yeah, I'm gonna go make that call. Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Big story today, of course, the opening of the House impeachment trial. Today, they're going to hammer out the rules, they hope. I guess we all hope they can come to some sort of an agreement. 
Um, there have been a few changes to Mitch McConnell's proposed rules that he made public yesterday. And currently, the both teams are giving their uh, arguments in favor and against these different rules. Adam Schiff back at the podium once again. He uh, had an opening statement that was about an hour long or so. Uh, has been bookended by a couple of the dep- uh, the president's defense attorneys. And uh, they'll continue this back and forth for several hours. And we'll see probably, we've already seen one amendment offered by Chuck Schumer. We'll probably see many more before they finally come to a vote. Hey, before we get to the Super Bowl news about how uh, people are literally going into debt to go see a football game. Let's give people a thousand bucks. Yeah. it's a good idea. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword talk, T A L K, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's talk to 200 200. And remember, you've got to answer the phone. If you don't, they will move on. Here's your hot tip it looks like that number is going to be coming from a 513 area code. 513. Your next chance to win is next hour around this time and every hour, 5 a.m. through 6.20, Monday through Friday, right here on KFI. Um, So once in a while, we'll get emails for pitches, uh, different topics. You know, hey, do you want to have so-and-so on to talk about this? And it's always lame stuff, like 9 out of 10 times. I'd say 9.5 out of 10 times. It's just lame stuff that's not ever going to make the show. Uh, Sometimes we also get invitations to different events um, because we are members of the media and they want media exposure. We just got one from someone named Lana. Uh, Hello, dear, it says. This is Lana again. How are you? We have a special preview media event of the Kanye West head statue this Friday. Would you like to join us? Send me your name, how many people. If you can link me to your Instagram page so I can see, you know, what you're working with there. Don't do it, by the way. Respond here. Here's the location. It's in L.A. And I'm like, what? A Kanye head statue? So then I click on the press release. That should scare you. And here it is. It's a Mount Rushmore type statue of Kanye West's head. It's titled North, South, East, West. (laughs) There's a Kanye face for every side of the statue. Four different Kanye faces, you know, one facing North, South, East, West. I think only one of his kids is named North. There's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't keep up. But yeah, one face each direction. Uh, It's by a guy named David Weeks. They say he's a celebrity designer and a rising star in the art world. He uses his artwork as a vessel to tackle homelessness. Um, this massive sculpture is going to be inside Sneakertopia coming up soon. Sneakertopia. Riddle me that. What, what is that? Oh, Sneakertopia is the first pop-up museum designed and dedicated to honoring the pioneers and patrons of all things sneaker. That's kind of cool, actually. Of all the Air Jordans and stuff, I would assume. Sneakers have been a lightning rod for empowerment and expression over the last century. Well, while we're also talking about ridiculosity, let's talk about how much money it costs to go to the Super Bowl. When I went the last time, I said I'll never do it again. 
because you go to the Super Bowl, it's a lot of corporations, not a lot of fans, a lot of people at the game that don't care about the outcome of the game. I was going to say, I wonder, there are probably very few standing ovations at the Super Bowl. There are. The only standing ovation is for the halftime show. That's the only time when everyone's on their feet is to watch Beyonce. Or J-Lo. Or J-Lo, or whoever. It was. In my year, it was Beyonce. Shakira, I couldn't listen Shakira, to Destiny's Shakira. Child for like a year and a half after that. Um, and I said to myself, I'd rather be with people who care about the game. And I was going through this in my head last night when I was trying to go to sleep. And I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. And I'm like, I'd probably rather be at Gary's with like my friends, my husband, celebrating with people that know how much this means. Right. That's a good, that is a good point. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking about myself in Miami sitting by myself because nobody else is stupid enough to pay this kind of money to go see a game. And I'm like hugging some senior vice president from Oracle right. who's sitting next to me yeah. in a polo shirt I, and it, a sweater vest. And I'm like, I'm going through the optics of those two scenarios. And it's, and it's I'm blue. Like, like it's he's so, not even wearing a color that right. would be representative of either one of the teams. Right. It's just. He's just happens to be there. Right. Or he's wearing like the Rob Lowe hat that just says NFL. You know, like, <laughs> what am I doing here? Because I've been here before and I said I'd if, never go back. Hold on a second. But it's Miami. I want to know. You made a great point and I never thought about that. If you had a be- if things went south, they won't. Trust me. I'm on your team. If things went south. And you were in Miami. Alone. Alone. And you couldn't turn to your left or right. You couldn't go probably four rows up or four rows down, six people on either side of you, and find somebody who would share in your misery. Yeah, the other thing, though, that I did remember is I do like to be alone in times of misery. After we lost that game, I don't think I spoke to my parents the entire way back to the hotel or the next day. But here's the option. Things go south, and you're at my house. Yeah. You can go in the yoga room. I can go in the yoga room. You could just be quiet. You, you yeah. can you, you go see Olivia's uh, hiding place. Right? I feel like it would be a safe space. Wait, you're not inviting Ann Carlo, are you? We can talk about that. All right. Because <laughs> misery loves company. You're not inviting Ann Carlo. <laughs> just kidding. StubHub will allow you to go into debt now to buy your tickets. They have ter- teamed up with a firm where if you're going to drop anywhere between a hundred bucks and seventeen thousand bucks on tickets, you can pay them off with interest over a period of up to one year. The annual interest rate on those is up to thirty percent. Oh gosh, you know I'm not in the business of giving financial advice, but never do that. But, <laughs> but never do that. <laughs> That's that's uh, just that's sad because you know what there's going to be people who do that. There's going to be a whole lot of people who do that, truckloads of people who do that, wow. and that's why StubHub is going to make all kinds of money. Then maybe I won't be stuck hugging Greg from accounting. Maybe I'll have some guy who paid a thirty percent interest rate next to me. And yeah, uh, but your luck—it's a Chiefs fan. Right, right, right. <laughs> there's that too. Oh my gosh. Or even worse, a Chiefs fan wearing a Montana jersey. Oh my god. Yeah, see? See, I'm telling you. That's my quarterback. All of these scenarios, <laughs> all of these scenarios are out there. I got pissed off when I saw Montana's tweet the other day. So he's got in like his uh, one of his rooms, uh two side-by-side framed jerseys uh-huh. of his jerseys. 
like I do in my home. Sure. But mine are Notre Dame and 49ers. Uh-oh. In Joe's house, it's the Chiefs and the Niners. And I'm like, do you know how that how much that rips my heart out? I mean, we didn't want him to go, right? right? And, we, and, and, and we, there's no animosity with the Chiefs, really. Um, but come on, Joe. They they get they have equal billing in this room. The size of the frame, the whole thing, they're identical. All right, Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. We'll do Swamp Watch. Talk about what's going on in D.C. when it comes to the ongoing arguments over the Senate impeachment trial rules. Just. Gary and Shannon will take you to Capitol Hill coming up in just a moment. But first, some other stories we're following. Harvey Weinstein's lawyers want to use a trove of email correspondence with his accusers to defend him at his rape trial. Opening statements begin tomorrow. His attorney, one of them, telling a judge today that there are dozens and dozens and dozens of loving emails to Harvey from his alleged victims. Uh, some of the same women who claim they were victimized by the disgraced man also bragged about being in a sexual relationship with him. Lovely. Uh, they have arrested a guy that was involved in the hit and run in Temescal Valley. Three teenage boys were killed. Three others were injured. CHP said a 42-year-old guy named Anurag Chandra of Corona chased the boys in his car after they doorbell ditched his home and then rammed their car and forced it into a tree, caused the horrific accident. He's been booked on suspicion of murder with malice. All right, let's go to the Senate floor where we check in on the impeachment trial. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Well, Representative Zoe Lofgren out of California, one of the impeachment managers, has the floor right now on Capitol Hill. Just laying out some basic opening parameters of what they're doing here. It was a bit of a surprise this morning when Mitch McConnell reversed course. He came out this morning and decided that the rules would be this, that each side would have one day to lay out out its case. And Democrats were quick to object to that because that would mean going into the wee hours of the night. And they wanted this to not be done in the dark, but in view of the American people. He had the 51 votes to have it his way, but for whatever reason decided, okay, instead of two days of opening arguments, we'll do three. Yeah, so three days each side, uh, eight hours per day, obviously, is the math on that, depending on how it goes. But they get a 24-hour full time over the course of three days, and they can split it up however they want to. The um, I think that that may have been cooked in. The the change on that may have been cooked in. Because, listen, if they start at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and they've only got two days to do 24 hours of of opening arguments— they know that's going to go until one in the morning. And I think that's one of those things where Mitch McConnell can now come back and say, well, I have given ground. See what I did? I changed this to what was may have been the plan all along to do eight hours a day. It seems much more um, uh, plausible. There was also a change to how 
House evidence is going to be read into the record in the Senate. And originally it was going to have to be voted on. Then Mitch McConnell literally hand wrote on the uh, proposal that it, it would just become part of the evidence in the Senate. There was an already uh, there was already a proposal for an amendment to this. Chuck Schumer had said that he wants an amendment that requests the Senate subpoena the White House for certain documents and records. And as the clerk was reading through the amendment, it is a laundry list of things that uh, they would suggest. So now they've been given time to argue on behalf of that amendment. Uh, Zoe Lofgren, that's why she's up there right now. She's taking this opportunity to argue on behalf of this amendment from uh, from Senator Schumer. Hey, America, listen to this. So if opening argument starts tomorrow, that would put Wednesday, Thursday, Friday as the first side, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then that would lead Thursday and Friday for maybe them to tie this all up. I don't know. But Super Bowl's on the second. The Iowa caucuses are on the third. And the State of the Union is on the fourth. Like You are right up against those events. I don't think they're going to be able to get this thing done before then. I think this does drag into that week of the Iowa caucuses and the State of the Union. I wonder if there's some sort of compromise where they take a break from it. I doubt based on how serious everything has been, I can't imagine. Well, who would that look bad for? Remember, we were talking about how Nancy Pelosi sat on this for a month in her gamble. Right. And then the four senators who are still currently running for president. I'm looking at you, Michael Bennett. They're the ones who have to sit on the side. Well, they have to sit in the Senate and be off of the the campaign trail while this is going on. I don't think anybody's going to say, ah, you know what? On second thought, let's uh, let's put a pause on this just for a day or two while all those other more important things happen. Because there is at least, you know, on, should be nothing else more important than this. I, I don't know. I, I think it does last longer. I think that there'll be enough. Pushed back by Democrats in an attempt to change some of the rules to the when we get into the arguments over witnesses and subpoenaing certain documents. I think that's going to be extended beyond what they've allowed so far. I think the president loves does not loves the fact that he walks into, you know, national championship games or whatever and gets rounds of applause. And it seems like it has not diminished people's love for him whatsoever. I think he loves that. And I don't think that he's going to be worried about the optics of an impeachment trial going on when he does the State of the Union. He can just point to lawmakers and say, look at all the time that they've wasted there. You elected them to do the work of the people. They've wasted it on this hoax trying to get me out of office. It's a waste of time. It's going to die in the Senate anyway. P.S. Look at the economy. You know, I don't think that he cares about what the optics would be with an impeachment trial going on while he delivers that address. He's most upset that they don't just vote and dismiss this right away. He had been calling that for a long time. And even Mitch McConnell was saying, you know, we we, we shouldn't do that. We at least have to give the appearance of an actual trial. Did you hear that about the new book where the president was talking to Robert Kraft about his daughter, Ivanka, and who he (laughs) would have preferred she marry? It's Uh, pretty good. Also, the one place... Yes, this is a very contentious time in the uh, Capitol building. There is one place where politics aren't really allowed. Well, that's because there are sharp objects there, too. Right. We'll talk about that when we come back to Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon will continue.
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Coming up after Chris's news at the top of the hour, Alex Stone will join us to give us give us all the details about this mysterious virus coming from China. We now have a case in Washington State. International airports today increasing the screening for this thing. They're worried it's going to be like the SARS outbreak that killed 800 people about 18 years ago. We've been uh, watching what's going on in Washington, D.C., of course, in Swamp Watch with uh, the Senate impeachment trial. The discussion of rules continues today. Zoe Lofgren, the uh, representative from uh, California, is one of the House impeachment managers. She's speaking now in favor of uh, an amendment offered by Chuck Schumer. CNN is reporting that uh, a lot of the senators, remember, they cannot do anything during this time except listen. They are not supposed to be reading anything that's not um, impeachment concerned, you know, evidence of, of transcripts or anything like that. They're not supposed to have books or phones or tablets or anything. CNN's Lauren Fox says many of them have turned to writing notes as a way to keep busy. Mike Lee, a Republican from Utah, uh, was writing at a furious pace, scribbling notes, straining to ensure that he could see all of the exhibits that Adam Schiff was referencing couple of uh, oh, so not like writing notes to each other no no like, no no like mary screw kill or anything like that no no they okay. were writing them for themselves i suppose um while this is going on by the way bernie sanders of course has to be there elizabeth warren amy klobuchar and michael bennett the four senators who are running for president they don't get their time in iowa you know how bernie sanders has solved that problem hiring a private jet to fly him back and forth every day. Yeah. Well, I don't know about every day, but at least they're saying that that's when he'll be making his uh, his travel will be by private jet. Now, he, he did bring in $96 million over the course of last year, so oh, he can afford it. Sure, but the idea that he's claiming that climate change is the, you know, the existential threat that's facing us while he's flying and dumping the chlorofluorocarbons into the atmosphere. It's rich, isn't it? It's wonderful. Well, we've got a book to tell you about and a series about Hillary Clinton to tell you about. The book, it's coming out soon, and the big headline about this is that the president confided to Robert Kraft, of course, owner of the Patriots, the the one that uh, likes the massages. Oh, yes. Uh Uh-huh, you forgot about about that. that. I'm sorry for reminding you. Is that already a year ago? I don't know. Uh. Orchids of Asia, day spa, yeah. is where he would like to go for his uh, pleasure. And apparently Donald Trump at one time confided to Robert Kraft because the two are friends. Why couldn't Ivanka have married Tom Brady? This was when she was converting to Orthodox Judaism to marry Jared Kushner. And <laughs> Trump mused, eh, why go through all the work? She could have married Tom Brady. Yeah. Jared is half the size of Tom Brady's arm, according to the president. <laughs> not not wrong. Not wrong. Not wrong. Also a robot. I don't know if anybody knew that, but Jared Kushner is uh, technically a robot. He came from Westworld. Oh, I didn't think about that. He used to be the cowboy. Oh, got it. And then they did a whole reworking of the insides and his face. Hillary Clinton has a four-part Hulu series coming out. It's called Hillary. It's going to premiere at Sundance. Edge of my seat. March 6th is when this is going to be ready for consumption. Now, a lot of it is the same. We've heard from her ad nauseum. However, she weighed in on Bernie Sanders, and it wasn't good. She said, 
that he was in Congress for years. He had one senator support him. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got nothing done. He was a career politician. It's all just baloney, and I feel so bad that people got sucked into it. <laughs> that was her quote about Bernie Sanders. And it's it's rich coming from Hillary Clinton calling somebody else unlikable. And the thing is, she also threw some some lower key shade at him by suggesting that the Bernie Sanders campaign, not the man, but the campaign is rife with sexual discrimination and sexual harassment. There were allegations of that after the campaign, after the 2016, 2016 campaign. There were people who, before he decided to run for president again, suggested that he shouldn't because this was available because this was a culture in the campaign offices that that men were the uh, I think she referred to them as the Bernie bros that are online. Yes. And then those guys that support Bernie who are hypercritical of the women who are running for president is just another indication of the sexual harassment. That's a that's a culture there in the Bernie campaign. Well, it looks like there is a place on Capitol Hill where everyone can get along, a space of peace. And is it's it, the House. Is it the lactation closet? No. Oh. It's the House Barbershop. Oh. Could you imagine going into the lactation room and Mitch McConnell's just sitting there without his top on? Pumping. Just doing weird stuff with the pumps. I'm telling you, that guy is into some weird stuff. I don't know what it is, but. I have a gut feeling about this. <laughs> no, it's the house barbershop. Wood paneling, sturdy leather chairs, an error. It whisks you back to an era, they say, where a gentleman's barber was as near to him as his priest. Uh, this is fun. It's a it's a nice, fun version of, you know, even in the the harshest of politicized, galvanized debates that's going on upstairs that somewhere in the basement they can get together and sort of take off their masks and just be natural people. Part of it is because of Joe Quattroni. Joe Quattroni runs this barbershop. He's known as Joe Q because I can't say his name either. And he was born in Italy. He's now in his 50th year of trimming congressional hair. Why is it... um, I... Why is it that men have such a nostalgia for barbershops? Because like it that? makes you feel like a man. Is that what it is? Yeah, because it's like only men are in there and you can talk about man things and you're a man who gets a shave and a barber's doing your hair. You're not going to, to Shelly at Supercuts. And there's always sports on the TV. Yeah. Either that or like Motor Trend Channel. Right. I do like my barbershop, man. I do. It is a, and I wish my son would get a haircut. That's too much. I haven't seen his hair recently. Is it long? But you know, yesterday when I wore a hat and then I took my hat off and you were like, God, what the hell? I just don't understand the physics of what your hair does. Imagine that, but a a beautiful red hair. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. His hair is a lot thicker than mine. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like. Well, he's a lot younger. He has it, and I don't. I mean, like the each follicle is thicker, yeah. so it's like, yeah. Anyway. Nice to be blessed with good hair. He looks like Syndrome from The Incredibles right now. The kind of the hair is like, wow. Yeah. Well, it's in. Or the Heat Miser. Is it like Trevor's? I think it's just in right now. Is to have your hair long. We'll check in with Alex Stone when we come back. 
Wuhan coronavirus. When we Look out. out. Wash your hands. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. When it comes to you, no, I ain't got no patience. Something about you, girl, I just can't fight. You're like that cigarette, that shot of hundred proof. No matter how much Like, there will be profanity that you have never even thought of. Words put together that you have never paired in your own mind. Yeah. Nor have you ever heard anyone, including on Hard Knocks, say... I would just put that as the disclaimer. And then people can decide if they want to expose their children to that. Knock on wood if you're with me. You know what I mean? This isn't checkers. Catholic priest would just rip his collar off and say, I can't do this anymore. I just can't after hearing that kind of profanity. Yeah. I'm maybe not. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be fine. <laughs> sure. Maybe it'll be fine. Uh, we have been watching uh, what's going on. The Senate right now is listening to Zoe Lofgren, Congresswoman from California, one of the House managers in charge of the prosecution of the impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump. Uh, she has been laying out the need for documents from the White House during her arguments from the Senate floor. She's been arguing in favor of an amendment that was offered by Chuck Schumer uh, before lunch, before they broke for lunch, and it was the idea that there are several different categories of documents that they should subpoena from the White House. So it has not yet been – the amendment itself hasn't been voted on, and Zoe Lofgren is arguing in favor of that. And of course, the uh, president's defense team will have an opportunity to argue against it as well. Well, troubling news today. We found out that the United States has its first case of this mysterious virus that has been gripping central China I believe 291 people was the count this morning. And the big headlines in China were that the concerns had grown overnight because some of the sick had turned out to be the health workers that were treating the sick. And these were hospital workers that were taking every single precaution. So for them to be able to get the virus has really raised concerns. Joining us to talk more about all of this, Alex Stone has been covering this story for us and for ABC News. Alex, we also found out that this thing may be in the United States now. Well, yeah. Hey, guys, it is in the U.S. now. And the CDC saying this is what they anticipated, that they they thought it probably would show up here at some point. It is a uh, man in his 30s in uh, the Seattle area in Snohomish County. He had traveled to Wuhan, China, where... This outbreak has been spreading where it originated. He traveled back before the, the airport screenings were in place. And when he came back in, he didn't have any symptoms. Nobody noticed anything. Then in the last couple of days, he started to, to not feel so great, got checked out. Turns out that, that, that he does have coronavirus. They say he's doing well, that they don't think anybody around him now has it. He's being watched. They think that it'll continue to do well, but it does create this situation now. It is in the U.S. They do anticipate there will be more, but uh, but it is here now in this country. And how is the screening working out at, at airports? How do they pick which airports, by the way, to get the screenings? Is it just the volume of flights coming in from this area? Yeah, coming in from China. So they, they started with JFK, San Francisco, LAX. Now they're going to be expanding that. We know Atlanta, Chicago, really those where there are a lot of travelers coming in. The issue that you've got is it may not just be those who are on direct flights from Wuhan. There aren't many that come in from Wuhan. There's one into San Francisco, one into JFK, I believe, one into LAX. 
But you've got to think about all those people who are connecting, that they've connected in somewhere in China, in Beijing, or uh, in Hong Kong, or in Japan. Then they come in. So they've got to be checked out as well. And so they've got to trace who has been to Wuhan. A lot of that is really just trusting people to say, where have you been? Looking at their passport, interviewing them at customs. And then, at least at LAX, when they say that they've been to that region, then they're, they're pulled off into kind of a, a side office area where health screenings are done. And that's where they begin to, to try to figure out, okay, were they exposed to it? Were they around anybody who might have been showing signs of it? Were they in any agricultural areas, believing that this at least originally started with animals and then went animals to human and then go down that road. But they've got to do questioning. They do health screenings. But it's figuring out who do you stop? Who's been to Wuhan? If you're, you know, coming in from Beijing and you had nothing to do with it, you were in the city the whole time, you're probably not going to undergo that screening. But if you went into that region, then you probably are. L.A., San Francisco, and JFK, I understand, are the airports here that are doing screening. Is that Are those the only three airports that have flights that come in from China? Yeah, the only three with direct flights. Uh, but also, they have large populations that come in from China. So the reason why, I mean, you think San Francisco, L.A., a lot of flights, not necessarily from Wuhan, but from other countries in Asia that, that may connect through JFK, the same thing. But that's why now they're adding Seattle and Chicago and JFK, the big airports, so that, that they can begin screening as well as they're now ramping this up. Alex, thank you. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, guys. Stay Alex safe Stoner. out there. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. He's a very clean guy anyway. He is a very clean guy. Um, <clears throat> this is not, uh, this is, does not bode well. We talked about the, the comparison between what's going on now with the Wuhan coronavirus and uh, SARS and MERS before that 15, 18 years ago. And this is spreading similar, uh, spreading in a similar fashion, and it's causing as much panic as those did uh, because those, of course, now that they've got those acronyms associated with it, it's not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, Alex reminded me of Meatballs, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to Urban Press Winery who brought in lunch today for us and those meatballs new meatballs were incredible <laughs> they were very flavorful pappardelle is that how i say that pappardelle yeah it's a thick noodle and a thick a noodle thick, 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 noodle. Thin, a thick thin i had noodle. that with my meatball and some cauliflower that was mm-hmm. mm. are you all right you ate about four pounds of that i like the artichoke hearts those were good I thought we were holding each other accountable in really? the new year. Really? In 2020? Oh, I, no, can I, I say, no, no. okay, pa- no. Peloton. <laughs> no. All right. No, sure. Here we go. Fine by me. <laughs> all right. Coming up, let's Fine go to Capitol me. Hill. We'll get you all the latest what's going on with the impeachment trial again today. Largely hey, procedural. Uh, tomorrow <laughs> is when the fireworks will begin as opening arguments will start. We'll let you know all you need to know. Up next. Ah, but we're going to grease the skids with a thousand bucks. We'll tell you how you can win that. Yeah. Huh. We are going to come together. We're going to come together now. We are going to run together. We're going to turn it upside down. Because with the smoke in the mirror, I can see your face. So let's run to the fire escape. 
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app on this Tuesday, January 21st. Of course, while impeachment trial is unfolding in the Senate, the president himself is in Switzerland. He's in Davos, Switzerland, the annual World Economic Forum, um, announced that he had a led the spectacular turnaround of the U.S. economy and told everybody the United States is open for business. Uh, we just talked with Alex Stone about this. A person in Washington State now has been infected with the Wuhan coronavirus, the first confirmed case in the United States that so far killed at least six people and uh, made hundreds more sick in Asia. And also, I just got a local story, an update, that Chase Merritt, Charles Merritt, you remember he was convicted of killing the McStay family and sure. burying their bodies in the Mojave Desert, officially sentenced to death, which... You know, means nothing. Kind of a waste of time now yeah. in California, but sentenced to death nonetheless. All right. Before we get into the impeachment stuff, we got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how you can win it. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword coffee, C O F F E E, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's coffee to 200 200. And remember, you've got to pick up the phone. If you don't, they will move on with your money. Hot tip is it looks like that number will start with a 513 area code. Your next chance to win $1,000 is next hour around this time. And every day, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 620 right here on KFI. All right. Short of just one about 15-minute break, the Senate has been going since about 10 o'clock, about 10.15 our time. So about three, three hours when you don't count the break. And what they're doing is they're arguing over the rules that are going to be laid out for the Senate trial when it comes to impeachment. Now, to give you an idea of how long today is going to last, right now they are arguing about the first amendment to the rules offered up by Chuck Schumer, the Senate Minority Leader. This is still the first amendment that he's offered up, and he says that he has a series of them to offer. They're going to have to vote up or down on every single one of these amendments. This one specifically is about subpoenaing specific documents from the White House and whether or not they would be allowed. Zoe Lofgren, one of the House managers, argued that these are necessary documents to be brought in for evidence. Um, uh, Pat Philbin, I think is his name, uh, arguing on behalf of the president, says if these papers and documents were so important, how come they didn't need them in the House? How come you didn't subpoena them when you were doing the impeachment inquiry in the House? Again, this isn't even at the opening argument phase, which is a supposed to start tomorrow. And Mitch McConnell came out swinging today saying we're only going to have two days of opening argument. You'll state your case today. We'll state our case tomorrow or however it was going to work. And then we're done. Uh, we're done with this. He wanted it quick. He wanted it dirty. And the Senate Democrats were up in arms about the fact that that would mean that they would be arguing into the wee hours of the morning and therefore under the cloak of darkness, really, and America wouldn't be able to see what was going on. And so Chuck or, uh, Mitch McConnell decided, OK, we'll each get three days apiece. Uh, Democrats are pushing their proposal for witnesses. A resolution from Schumer includes this request for those documents that were withheld by the White House. And uh, it looks like the witnesses are a point of contention. When will witnesses, if witnesses are called, when will they be called? 
uh, right away? Will they be? Will they? Will, will they wait? And it just seems to me that this is going to drag on all the way to the Super Bowl and to the Iowa caucuses and to spring training, the State of the Union address, which is two weeks from today. The NCAA basketball championship. The draft. <laughs> the draft. <laughs> this is going to go on. Um, so the way that it was laid out originally, and we'll see if any of these change because of these amendments. Uh, like you said, instead of the 24 hours uh, over two days per side, it's going to be 24 hours over three days per side, which gives them a little bit more space, a little bit more time. And also, probably a more attentive audience since the jurors, in this case the senators, have to sit there through the whole thing. But after those opening arguments, after those cases have been stated, senators have 16 hours to ask questions in writing. Again, one of the things that's got to be bugging these guys to no end is the fact they don't get to speak at all during this process. They have to write out questions, which are then read by the chief justice of the Supreme Court, and then the appropriate side, defensive prosecution, gets to answer them. The, the way it's written now is after opening statements, after the questions, that is when they would decide on witnesses if they agree to these rules. And that vote would be probably a week or two into the trial. And senators at that, that point, reminder, can't do anything else other than impeachment trial when they're doing the impeachment trial. They cannot do anything else that the Senate would normally be doing in this time. And then the closing arguments, deliberations, and then a vote uh, to either acquit or convict the president on the two articles of impeachment. So remember when on Monday, which was yesterday, uh, (laughs) we had a malfunction in the mechanical room. So it was like the heaters were on and it was 84 in here. Right. And since it was a holiday, nobody cared to rush the, uh, you know, the animals were starting to die in their cages. And- <laughs> so anyway, somebody whose name I won't uh, I won't reveal went in to fix the issue. Rhymes um, with Rosker. Yeah. And found some glow sticks and some MREs. We're going to eat one of them <laughs> when we come back. Tasty Tuesday up next. Gary and Shannon will continue. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Joe Biden capitalizing on the impeachment trial as he campaigns in Iowa. Not mentioning it directly, but he told about 200 voters that we've never seen such an abuse of power by a president. Of course, the president has two charges against him. Abuse of power by withholding U.S. military aid to Ukraine as he pressed the country to investigate Biden and then, of course, obstruction of Congress by refusing to cooperate with that investigation. Biden's arguing he's the best Democrat to take on Trump. There was a a local story that was pretty frightening yesterday. A three-year-old boy had to be hospitalized after being attacked by a mountain lion in Whiting Ranch Wilderness Park. Orange County Fire Authority said the attack yesterday was stopped when the dad, I guess there was a family of six, dad sees what's going on takes off his backpack and throws it at the mountain lion. And the mountain lion says audibly, hmm, backpack, and drops the kid, grabs the backpack, and takes it up to the tree and then sits there. They uh, did eventually shoot and kill the mountain lion. Hey, Nick. Yeah, Shannon? Why do hamburgers go to the gym? I don't know why. 
Well, think about it for a minute. I mean, it's not a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> to get better buns. Oh. I think you settled on that one kind of early. Well, I wasn't going to do the bean dip one. Oh, that's offensive to me. <laughs> it should be. Wait, what? It should be. He said it's offensive to him. Who is that? Neil Savage? I mean, who is that? Yeah, because I know I know what the punchline is. Uh, what do you call a, a Mexican um, getting baptized? No, that was yeah. not what okay, that was. Okay, that's offensive. Was. It was bread. offensive. That's not what my joke you was. Said it, it was. Tell you something, Good Weber Bread. Lord. This is not racist Tuesday on the Neil, program. Neil Saavedra, host of the Fork Report, you hear Saturdays two to five right here on KFI has joined us. Neil, Neil, yesterday um, the uh, there was a malfunction in the mechanical room and the I heater. Heard. Yeah, the heater was on for a good mm. eight hours and uh, there was a lot of sweat. Wait, there was problems today too this morning when you guys were crossing with Wayne. No, that was a hazmat situation because Handel was here for 10 right. minutes spewing that Chinese the, illness. He has the Wuhan coronavirus and left it all over the table here for the half an hour that he was oh, in this morning. Right. Got it. So uh, it was yesterday when all hell broke loose right as you guys were transitioning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. We weren't transitioning, though. We need to be careful with that language in 2020. Uh, we don't own cross that word talk. anymore. I've yeah. seen Gary in shorts and a net top. I've seen him in a white halter dress. You win. Anyway, um, so <laughs> while we were having the mechanical room function, misfunction, malfunction, malfunction uh, we were in that room and somebody found glow sticks and MREs. Yeah. And we don't know that. when they're from, but we're going to have Victor eat one right now and see what happens to him. <laughs> I love the brave hosts. Yeah. You know what we're going to do for our show, Neil? Make we're going to have one of our underlings <laughs> eat this. Yeah. Victor, what well do you done. think? I'm looking at the package, and it doesn't even say what the food is. It just says food rations. Right. right. So it's called a mainstay bar. Thank they you. Don't, they don't want you to anticipate a flavor. Hey, you want some scissors for that? Yeah, I don't know how to open this. It's full of. There's a little rip on the side, dude. Yeah. With what? your teeth, son, like they do it in Nam. Yeah. Chuck Connors would have opened that with his teeth. Chuck Connors would have eaten it by now. I'm not Chuck Connors, guys. He would have eaten the wrapper. He would have used it as a suppository. Oh, that doesn't look. Kept moving. (laughs) Just do it. Let's just see what happens. Oh, that looks like a Rice Krispie treat. No, that's not what that looks like. That looks like a a thick piece of cardboard. So, one for you, Shane. Oh, no, No, I'm not eating that. No, 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 no. No one else is eating this. One for you, Gary. No, 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 no. Can I smell it at least? Oh, oh it it's like a like, brick. It smells like bread. <laughs> oh God, it smells like bad bread. Like yeah, there's it's a like, reason it's why like, it's like, expired. You might it's... be in, you like you might be in a religion that's a little off the beaten track, and this is what they give you. Go ahead and give it a I'm taste. Gonna... There's vanilla just in it. I know it. that. Just take a vanilla just a lemon. nibble. Is it a is it a cookie product of some kind? It's not bad. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> Hey uh, Nick, what we didn't what we didn't do is we didn't establish a baseline for his vital signs to see how this impacts him over the next few minutes. So it's suck, like a, it's I like a co- piece of cornbread, but really dense. Yeah. and old. I don't want to swallow it. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We'll keep an eye on Victor, and we'll come back and visit with him and see how these uh, this food rations. <laughs> Yeah, they're just they're just a little expired. Neil, All right, Neil, my dear, uh, yes. what are we doing? Uh, bad food trends that yes, maybe but, we'll but, hope will go away. One thing on that MRE, this is for anybody who is putting together their earthquake kit or preparedness stuff. 
There is only one uh, prepackaged dehydrated food that I keep for my family, and you got to check them out. Eden, Fa- uh, Eden Valley Family Farms. They're out of Utah. Eden Valley Family Farms. Insane. I have made this food for people not telling them what it is, and they have flipped out. The chili has actually won awards in chili cook-offs. Wow. It's it's phenomenal food. It te- It's real food that you just add water to, but it's incredibly good, and it's the only thing I keep for my family should there be an emergency. Okay, Neil, now that we've uh, wasted a lot of your time, um, let's come back and talk about these food trends that need to uh, make their way out of our lives in 2020. Uh, One of them involves what Gary calls magic food. (laughs) He's right. Well, as far as like these these ingredients that are going to help you be the best ever? Nope, nope. We got tired of people saying gluten-free, so we just decided (laughs) that we had to say magic. Ah, yes. Gluten-free, here's the deal. There are people with something called uh, celiac disease, and it's 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 real. It, it imperative yes. that they don't eat gluten. But everybody else is just being a little uh, weenie pants about it. So now they use terms like gluten intolerant, or um, they, they have an intolerance towards gluten. And I think a lot of that is super-duper gray area, although people will argue with me. They're, they are finding with new studies that it's not necessarily the gluten, that people may be having reactions to different parts of the wheat, and it has nothing to do with gluten, which is simply a protein. And when you, you know, you see people kneading bread, you know, when they're kneading the dough before they make bread and things like that, what they're doing, that whole process isn't, you know, so your your mom or your dad looks like they're doing something with the dough and hey, look, I'm really working hard. You're lining up the the elongated um, proteins or you're elongating the protein of the gluten to make it stretchy. And that's what gives pizza that nice kind of chewy tear, the big bubbles in bread. All those things come from gluten, which is part of the wheat. It's protein in the wheat. You remove that and you get that, you know, kind of flat, um, cardboardy uh, for those Christians in the audience. Uh, Unleavened bread. Yes, wafers. <laughs> um, so it, it's it, it really is kind of. Eh. But a lot of people have gotten on uh, you know books like um, Wheat Belly and these types of things really came out and took a, did a push and people thought well this is the one thing that's going to cure me this is why I've been having such hard time well it probably won't and so I think we do see fewer gluten-free items in the new year hey can you hang on a minute and we'll talk some more about some trends I would love it beautiful Neil Savedra host of the fork report has joined us J- joined tasty Never. Tuesday live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Just a quick update. What's going on in the Senate? They are in yet another recess. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer has proposed another amendment. The first one was voted down. This second amendment would be to subpoena the State Department documents that are related to the impeachment trial. We expect to see a lot of the same arguments going back and forth between both sides and Really no surprises in terms of the amendments, but we'll keep an eye on those. Neil Savedra, host of The Fork Report, has joined us for a Tasty Tuesday. We're talking about some of these food trends we would definitely like to see go away in this uh, in this new year. And 
I've noticed this. Um, the Some of the simple staples of what we go to the grocery store for, you can go and you can get a loaf of bread for a buck 49 or whatever if you're not picky about it. But you can also get a loaf of bread for about $9 as long as it's got like Ezekiel seeds in it or something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, when um, bread looks like tree bark, yeah. then you start going, well, okay, maybe you're paying for a lot of ingredients. Now, some of those are incredibly good for you. They really are. And they will clean up your system like nobody's business. Um, high in fiber and little nooks and crannies and all kinds of little uh, bits of goodness in there. Um, not necessarily your average American's path, but there are people that like that stuff. And uh, it can be very good for you. Not my cup of tea. No. Uh, I love the I love this one as well. The first rule of the ketogenic diet is letting everyone know you're on the ketogenic oh diet. Oh, my <laughs> God. This How is, uh, accurate is that? How would you like to see um, a vegan and someone on the keto diet at a party talking to each other? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's um, – here's the thing with the keto diet. I am not a fan. All the research that I've done um, uh, from for the show, for curiosity, for friends and listeners asking me, um, I th- one, because of you know kidney health, that, that's something that I look at, and it's horrible for your kidneys. And I think in the past two or three years, it was number one on doctors' um, uh, horrible diet list. Well, you could so, you know, you drop a lot of weight, but to what cost? Yeah, but even the way ketosis works and putting your body into ketosis, there are some things that will happen early on. You do lose weight and you lose it quickly. The first batch of weight is actually water weight, and um, water weight it is can make a profound difference on your body and the way you're uh, expelling uh, that water and what you're putting in your body like salt that retains the water so imagine this when you eat things that are overly salty or you eat too much of it imagine your your blood saying hey there's too much salt in here we have to flush it out and you're going to want more water right yet um, salt actually reacts as a water retainer so you end up bloating that's why people feel bloated when they have a lot of um, salty snacks and then they want to keep drinking. That's why you would find salty snacks at a bar, right? You'd go and they'd have salted peanuts or pretzels. So you drink more. That's the whole part. They're not being nice. Interesting. They're trying to get you to drink more. So notice anytime they give you free snacks at a bar, it's usually something salty. You're going to continue to drink. So um, your body, getting that balance, it can be very, very tough. And the ketogenic diet or uh, the keto diet for short, causes that very early people lose weight and go it's working um, but then they're doing a process we're not designed to eat just one food where our our teeth our digestive system everything we're not designed to have just juice we're not designed to have just broth we're not designed to just have meat we're not designed to just have vegetables period we're designed to shuffle the deck and eat all of those things don't be a part of any diet that says you can't have these things Find something that actually changes your patterns and says, hey, a little bit of this and a little bit of that or eating these things together can be helpful like an egg. People eat egg whites. I love egg whites, actually. But um, digestively, you should put a little bit of the yolk in there because it helps the way that egg is digested. It's just 
the way they work together. So finding the balance with those is better than cutting out everything and then cramming meat and cheese into your system. Uh, I do also, we've talked multiple times about plant-based meat alternatives and this idea that a lot of people believe that they would be perfect. They may be a good alternative, but they're far from perfect. You know, I kind of line this up with the homeless issue. When anybody Makes says, perfect sense. Yeah, well, when anybody <laughs> says that there's a homeless issue and these people need homes, I go, that is ridiculous. And the reason why we can't solve it is because we think that's the problem. We go, okay, give them houses. Well, I see these people walking that are uh, have massive mental challenges, and a house isn't going to help them. Likewise, we've demonized meat, and we said, all you need is something that's not meat. Well, let's make a version of meat out of plants that doesn't have cholesterol but has the same sodium, is uh, massively pr- uh, processed, unlike meat, um, when done right. And instead of figuring out ways to make meat better by raising it the way we used to without all the um, chemicals and crap and let it uh, graze on grass, we make the burgers out of grass and say they're going to be automatically better for you, and they're just not. And that is becoming more and more evident. Doesn't mean they're not good. There are some great versions out there. And like I said, it has zero cholesterol. However, we've also learned uh, throughout the past four or five years that cholesterol in food doesn't produce higher cholesterol in our bodies to the degree that we once thought. You just said we can't stuff ourselves full of meat and cheese. And then you went right onto the meat train. And now I want a burger with cheese. Well, whatever you're doing, Shannon, I don't, you know, no judgment. Whatever you're doing, it's working. You Aww, look fabulous. You're so sweet. Um, so don't worry about it. Like, I, I, he's when on. Gary talks about drinking beer. I say, do you drink while you run? He's Aww, on strong immunosuppressants right now. Some sort of personality altering drugs. It's Neil, thank bad. you so much. We love you. We love you right back. And by the way, you guys are getting um, a package from the good folks at Urban Press Winery. Oh, we did. Um, we already ate through oh, did that you, thing. They, and um, they sent you some wines. They're just really wonderful people. And they're a new sponsor of the Fork Report. And their wines are spectacular. Oh, yum. You don't have to tell me twice. So uh, uh, you let me know when you finish that on your drive home, Shannon. She's trying to open it with her teeth. (laughs) Thank you, Neil. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Neil Saavedra, host of The Fork Report. John and Ken coming up next. They're going to wrap up all of the impeachment stuff, although it's going to go for hours and hours. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. That's it. That's it. That is it. Gary and Shannon. Now is the time, and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree. By offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel, the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online.